friends, this is No Creamer. I'm Nick Richards, and today I'm joined by Austin Richardson. He is the co-owner of Propagation Coffee in Denton, Texas, currently pursuing his doctorate in trombone performance and a self-proclaimed lover of craft beer. Dude, how's it going? It's good, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Dude, you uh, you win my... I'm going to give Noah's roast the Las Lajas, but you win my uh, second favorite okay. coffee that I've had on the show so far. Nice. That sounded really good, by the way. His... The Costa Rica from Onyx. He I also, like, Oof, dude, he uh, he brought a good one. Yeah. The so you brought the Dune Panama yeah. Alita Estate. Yeah. Also a natural, so awesome. similar to that. Oh, okay. Costa Rica. I'm a big fan of naturals, so if I see one, um, and then you see blueberry or strawberry mm-hmm. in there, like I'm going for that. So I'm excited for it to cool down a little bit. Yeah. We were kind of saying you were kind of saying that right before we started. Oh yeah. But I will say, man, it's fantastic. It's good already. Yeah. Yeah. So you know. I, I don't think we're we're gonna finish this though. No, I think we're both pretty similar with yeah. our uh, caffeine. Dude, I will say I uh, so I was in the coffee industry for nine years. Started when I was sixteen, and I could drink espresso, chai, coffee through my whole shift all day long. And something changed in like the last four years. We're like, I'm good on like four ounces of coffee. Yeah, and then that's it. I can't drink anything after two o'clock. Oh, and here we are. And here we are. Right after 15. Two <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah. Which is bad because I feel like I should be, when you work in coffee, you feel like, oh, I need to be able to taste coffee all the time. And right. I should be able to handle it because it's like what I do. But have you ever done a cupping? Yeah. Uh, that'll mess you up. That if was, you're not spitting it out, mm-hmm. you know, in between, yeah, dude. that'll mess you up. I was awake for so long. I did one cup. I've done one cupping in my okay. life. Away for so long. Well, dude, I want to jump into all this coffee stuff, music stuff with you. I think it'll be a really exciting conversation for sure. So, co owner of Propagation Coffee, you said your fiance and you co own it. Yeah. When did y'all start? Uh, We officially launched in September. It was like our first first weekend of last year. Of last year. Yeah. Wow, dude. In in 2020, the greatest year ever, as (laughs) Noah said. That's Uh, right. Yeah. So, and it all came together within probably a month, month and a half. Okay. So, from being, you know, that that little idea that every mm-hmm. barista thinks about, like of I'd course. love to do a coffee shop or something, yeah, and then just kind of all happened pretty fast. Okay, yeah. so you were in coffee before you decided to do this. What were you doing yeah. before? Yeah, so last summer I was working over at Armadillo. Um, mm-hmm. We launched like the coffee shop in there over the summer, um, but then before that I've worked other coffee jobs. So okay. once um, before that I was in Louisiana. So I was doing a master's at LSU okay. um, before I came here. I took like, some, a year off in between school and worked at a coffee roaster, a coffee shop out there. Cool. Same, same story after my first degree. So I took a year off and worked <laughs> at a coffee roaster uh, up in Rochester, New York. So that's like, that was where I first got introduced to so you've experienced coffee. coffee in a lot of different areas in the U.S.? Yeah, definitely. Would you say that there's a difference in coffee culture from state to state that you experienced? Or is it kind of... Yes. Yeah? Yeah, for sure. That's a good question. What's the biggest one between <sighs> New York and... Because Rochester's not necessarily like New York City, New York. It's not, but it is a booming coffee oh, really? culture and okay. center. Especially when I got there. When I got there... Or when I and I started working in coffee, there were only a couple places doing mm. like specialty coffee. Okay. Um, and Joe Bean Coffee Roasters was kind of like the biggest one. Um, and then there were a couple other people kind of on their way up. And then all of a sudden now there's like five, six shops within a very centralized place. Cool, but man. like coffee roasters, but also multi roaster shops that are like doing really well. So it's a big coffee drinking city and yeah. like a good coffee community um, up there. What's think, multi-roaster? Uh, some like Wayward where you have multiple roasters. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. So someone up there started that um, kind of where I first saw the idea of the coffee pop up in the card actually. Nice, he did that for like a year or so out of a big shop and then now he's got a multi-roaster shop where he's serving like 49th Parallel and a bunch of like really good coffee roasters that you just don't see that much. So That's awesome. Yeah. So it's pretty cool up there. Um, in terms of the culture, I don't know what, what I would say is different between them. I think maybe just the 
like the community necessarily mm. is I guess I equate that with the, the culture for sure up there is like pretty tight and yeah. you see like a lot of baristas in Rochester visiting each other's shops you know like you'll see That's baristas cool. come in when you're working bar yeah. and they're like man what's on espresso today like you know they'll get like some shots and then you go to their place and they want to give you stuff like for free and all that they're like they don't want to charge you and all that so pretty cool I just haven't experienced that anywhere else where there's so many shops like in a very small location where you can just kind of bounce around yeah. and every, all the baristas know each other. I'm sure there's some of that in Fort Worth and Dallas, but... But I mean, we're in such a like, sprawling metroplex. There are right. so many coffee shops, so many good yeah. coffee shops. But you know, even up in Denton where you're at, yeah. there's a lot of good coffee shops, but they're not like necessarily walkable one to another. Right, very true, yeah. Um, I definitely appreciate the coffee culture up in Denton. Yeah. I, I feel like it. it's kind of, I'm not going to, tie it too much to it. Everybody calls it like a little Austin. Yeah. But there's still, you know, Denton's got its own thing. And I think the coffee culture there really embraces that. It does. I think it's, and it's just growing too, which is awesome to see. So you started Propagation Coffee in September of last year. Was your fiance also in the coffee industry as well? Or y'all just kind of... Not as much as I was. She had had worked at a shop, but it was very much like a bakery with a coffee shop, but Mm -hmm. not coffee focused. And like doing like specialty coffee, like a very, you know, attentive detail and all that yeah. stuff, you know? So she, she definitely has to like kind of learn like, oh, using scales for everything mm-hmm. and like the whole latte art stuff. Um, but she, yeah, she was already into coffee, especially like with me as well, um, but didn't have that years and years. So this it had been something I had been thinking about yeah. for like four or five years. Okay, know? man. Yeah. So why September of last year? Was it just finally time? Or was it like, for me, naming something is always like coming up with the name for the mm-hmm. podcast. Like yeah. I wasn't going to start it until I settled on a name. Oh, wow. How uh, long did that take you? Um, this has had various forms over the last couple of years. Okay. First, it was going to be like a humans of New York thing on Instagram. Okay. And then yeah. it was going to be like a video docu-series and that was 2018. And I did it with a couple of baristas from Craftwork in Fort Worth. And I just didn't like the way the videos played out. Um, and so the idea kind of came back up end of last year and I was like, man, a podcast seems a, a really natural fit for this. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It took me... I say all that to say, like I had names for the other things, so it sounds mm-hmm. like it could take a lot longer, but it took me maybe four or five days to really settle oh, in on a name, which is not bad. I sent the good. podcast idea to all my like creative friends. I was like, hey, y'all, what names do you have for this? Like, just shoot me with what you bet, like the best stuff you got. Buddy over in marketing at Southwest Airlines, a guy that's like marketing for an internet company, and um, Arabicadabra was <laughs> their very um, <laughs> uh, punny name. And I was like, ah, I love y'all, but I think I got to go somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> that could have been a whole different podcast. Totally, man. <laughs> so all that to say, like, I can't start something until I put a name that I like to it. What was the reason that September kind of worked for y'all for propagation? It was not the name. Okay. The name I had <laughs> since 2016. Oh, that's awesome. So that's a long time to sit on a name. Yeah. But it had just been something I thought about my first barista job. You know, mm. what would opening a coffee shop be like? Like, that'd be cool. Yeah. What would I call it? You know, same thing. And was just doing the good old, you know, dictionary and thesaurus. Like, mm-hmm. I want something that has to do with plants and, you know, people, I feel like when you tell, tell them that coffee comes from a cherry mm-hmm. and it's a, like the seed of a fruit, like they're like, no way. Yeah. Like it's a little brown bean. What are you yeah. talking about? So I wanted something like that where it kind of opens the door into that discussion, but also kind of played on just coffee community and like spreading this idea of specialty coffee. And so I found like propagation, which is like, it can mean to spread an idea, not mm. only spreading like the species of a plant. So I was cool. like, that's a perfect kind of two way meeting there. Yeah. Um, I found that there was a propagation that kind of existed, but then it had gone out of business mm. back in that same year. So I was like, all right, I'll hold on to this like, nice. if it ever needs to be. And uh, just happened that our pop-up spot is in a plant shop. So That's people see it cool, and they're dude. just like, oh, you definitely, yeah. you know, made it for this. Yeah. But not, no, it was like always, <laughs> it was always there, but it just happened to be like the perfect, the perfect spot. So cool, man. Um, in terms of why September, I think it was just, you know, the pandemic lets you think about all these things and yeah. s- slowed life down. So then it's like, what do I want to do to fill this time and this, you know, creative gap? 
Um, nothing exciting was going on with music. You know, it was just mm-hmm. like I knew I was going to be back in school, but I was working at Armadillo, loved being back in coffee as I always do after getting out of it and I miss it immediately. Yeah. And I think seeing Wayward, I think kind of sparked that too, how mm-hmm. they started as the van and the pop-up and yep. the shop. And I was like, I think there's a good market for this and it would be a good way to enter into that that dream of starting a shop. And yeah, I don't know if that will actually happen, but at least being back in the coffee industry, I was like, this will be an easy way to get in, you know, get plugged into the community, but it's not going to be building a shop. It's mm-hmm. not going to take all that time and money yeah. and I can still stay in school. And then I knew my fiance was going to be coming down. So we had been doing long distance mm-hmm. and then the, one of the, the lone gifts of the pandemic meant that we could be together because she was doing her school online. Oh, cool. Um, so she goes to school up in Boston, but they were online last semester. So she was able to come down, um, found a place just for September through December. Um, nice. And so, you know, it always been an idea in the back of my head about this whole pop-up first mm-hmm. kind of thing. Brought it up with her and it was like, she was the one that kind of helped to kickstart it because she was like, yeah, let's do it. Like, I'll go in 50-50 with you. Cool. We'll get it started. So, yeah. So she moved down literally September, like first or second. And then two weeks later, we we're off and running. So Cool, man. Yeah. So she's pursuing her, what is she pursuing? She's doing there? a master's, a master's in flute in performance. So we're both flute. musicians. Okay. Met at LSU um, while we were there. And so she's now back up in Boston since she's getting to do some more in-person school, which is good. That's um, awesome, man. Yeah. So then she'll be back after she graduates in May. So she'll be back and then we'll get going back together. Cool, dude. Yeah. So y'all met at LSU. Yeah. So I'm assuming you performed at LSU together? Yeah, probably a few times. Yeah? Yeah. What is the difference between performing a musical act with your fiance? I'm not, I'm not aware if y'all were engaged then, but performing a musical act versus owning a business together. Oh, <laughs> we've played like together since then. We spent a lot of, a lot of time in the beginning of this doing like some duets and find, cool, finding man. anything that we could play together, which there's not a lot of trombone and flute music, yeah. which might surprise you. Um, <laughs> It's similar though, when you say that, I'm thinking, Mm -hmm. well, there's gotta be big differences, but you know, especially when it's just the two of you, both settings, you know, you have to communicate well and you try to pick up what the other person wants to do Mm -hmm. and is trying to say and play off of that. Um, No one can be, you know, someone has to kind of lean, but no one can be like the dominating voice. Yeah, it's the same thing in the business, which has been a good challenge to learn. For sure, definitely man. taught us a lot of lessons about how to communicate and compromise all the good things. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, what type of decisions do y'all share? Like, who's in charge of what for propagation? Neither of us is really in charge of one thing. We haven't oh, like cool. split up. You know, I mean, I do most of the coffee ordering. Yeah. Um, I knew we wanted to, like, I wanted to use CanCloud at least mm-hmm. um, as our wholesale provider and kind of set up that relationship and I'm definitely the more of the coffee like nerd than she is she would be happy probably like with whatever I picked you know if it like tastes good she's like cool Um, (laughs) but I'm the one that's like okay are we going to get the Brazil are we going to get this blend or what are we going to do and like choose the retail bag so that's kind of like the only thing I'm more in charge of we try to share like social media and even when we're like behind the cart we try Mm -hmm. to like share like all right who's pulling the shots who's steaming the milk like and taking orders and all that so we'll kind of like switch off like whoever wants to do what I feel like if you were to do a brick and mortar having that established already in this kind of like shared ownership of not just the idea but also the way that everything works together you know that would translate really well to a a full staff I feel like yeah for sure I think I don't know if that will ever happen yeah but I definitely cannot imagine doing that by myself Mm -hmm. and I've like heard enough times like don't do it at least two if not three is good so yeah (laughs) you've been doing pop-ups for seven months now yeah what have you learned about having a a coffee cart doing pop-ups what do you feel like is the most difficult thing you've come in to, to face in the last seven months permits (laughs) the least exciting thing yeah which is the thing that i should have thought about immediately because 
you know, when we decided and it was mm-hmm. like, I had like a logo designed for us. Yeah. I was like picking out all the equipment and all that when step number one should have been permits and yeah. figuring out what we needed to do with the city. <laughs> Cause we had coffee bought and like everything ready mm-hmm. and we were still waiting on a permit. So I think we had like coffee sitting in the house for a week or something, but I was like, we need to get this going. Yeah. Um, so that was a challenge is learning the things of a business that are not the fun, mm-hmm. cool, just coffee things. Yeah. Um, week to week, as far as that is maybe just managing product waste and thinking ahead for planning for how much you know milk are we going to need how much you know coffee are we going to need mm-hmm. you don't want to be sitting on a lot of coffee for weeks to weeks because then it gets old or you don't want to run out of coffee um, so just organization kind of stuff like that gotcha man yeah so you're pursuing a, a doctorate mm-hmm. right now and you're also starting a small business yeah have you found a uh I need a new challenge. An interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Life's too easy. Didn't, didn't have enough going on. Yeah. Um, what has it been like balancing those things? It has been hard. Yeah. Definitely. It it was easier once things got rolling and we were kind of in the rhythm of like, okay, we can worry about, because we're only popping up on Saturdays. Okay. It's not a lot. So we can just kind of worry about ordering coffee, you know, at a specific time a week out and mm-hmm. just kind of plan maybe Friday or take like one day in the week to kind of like go over some business stuff. Yeah. Um, so not too bad as far as time involved, but Saturdays take a lot of energy out of me mm-hmm. for sure. So it's been hard to just kind of manage that. Whereas yeah. like through the week, all I'm thinking about is music, um, trombone, teaching. I teach, um, a brass methods class for UNT. And then I have a bunch of private students that I teach as well. So all my energy is towards that. And then all of a sudden it flips to being like, (laughs) all right, uh, do I need to order coffee? And like, do we need to make like some social media posts? Do we need to like create any special drink this week or whatnot? So it definitely was an interesting balancing act. Yeah, I think the challenge has been staying on top of both of those things Mm -hmm. and not kind of being planning ahead yeah. and not letting it get to Saturday. And then I've no idea right. what it's going to look like. Yeah. Do you feel like the, um, do you feel like propagation is something that you will continue on after every ounce of schooling that you've wanted to do is completed? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah definitely. Um, at least for what it is right now. Okay. Uh, we get asked almost every week, like where are you guys based out of? Mm-hmm. Where's your actual shop and that yep. kind of stuff, you know, and that kind of makes me, like a little sad because mm. I'm like, I wish I had a place for you, you yeah. know, because that would be awesome to like see. We have regulars that come every Saturday and That's I'm cool. like, it would be cool to see you every day or like have that kind of space. Um, What's the plant shop they all are in? It's called True Leaf Studio. Okay. It cool. is awesome. Um, it's yeah. really cool. It yeah. was an old gas station oh, and now it's like a super white, bright, modern looking plant shop. So like everything from like your smaller plants to like huge monsteras and palm trees. Mm -hmm. The back is very open. She does some like photography in there. And then her husband co-runs a space with her and he's a tattoo artist. So it's a super cool space. Does he tattoo inside the space? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't on Saturday when I'm there. He's just like helping her kind of, but every other day, uh, Monday through Friday, I think, or yeah, that he's there. So very cool. So I think it'll stay what it is for a bit. Yeah. Um, I've, I've joked with people when they ask if we're going to have a shop or, you know, I'm like, if that's the case, that means I failed at music. Mm. <laughs> that, means, that means that career is not <laughs> happening because I think people underestimate how much time running a coffee shop maybe is for sure. It's a full-time job. Um, so, which would be cool as well. Yeah, I've just put too much time as we were talking about with so much school yeah. into this to like walk away and do just coffee. So I like that I can have both. I can have both dreams going on at the mm-hmm. same time. Um, and so I love the pop-up. I think as long as we have like a spot to do that, we will keep doing that. And cool. we'll, we hopefully will get more into like the wedding and event catering kind of aspect of it. Yeah. So we've gotten some inquiries about late spring, summer. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that starts picking up. Obviously weddings were not happening a lot the past year and they're somewhat coming back. So I would love to do that because I think that would be cool to be a part of that that event and be part of people's day in that way. But I definitely would want to keep doing the pop-up because you're kind of more plugged into the community Mm -hmm. and you see those people week to week rather than just like at a wedding and then then see them again. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I did wedding photography for 
a little bit there. And I still do it when people ask that are friends, but I've also done commercial stuff and mm-hmm. I'll do repeat for, you know, certain clients, uh, like Enduro coffee roasters down in Fort Worth, done some repeat stuff with them. And, you know, I enjoy the kind of what you're saying. The wedding is the, it's a really exciting mm-hmm. blast of a day yeah. with a fun group of people, but then that's it. Yeah. Having the repeat, you know, like you're saying on Saturday mornings, you might have who are effectively regulars for y'all. Come right. Even up. if it's just once a week, yeah, but man. that is a regular to us now. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I wanted to say for a second, the coffee has cooled down. I was about to say the same thing. That's hilarious. Cow. But I was like, I don't want to interject no, and no, ruin no. the conversation here, but the strawberry is like coming through now. It is. Yeah. I'm going to absolutely say y'all should grab a bag of Dunes Panama Alita Estate. That is, Do it. that's really yeah. awesome. Man. I was telling you yesterday, I felt bad about saying this coffee is my favorite roast because it's like on the pricier side than what I would pay. Yeah. And now I'm thinking like, maybe I should have said that my favorite roast is like a $60 geisha <laughs> from like Onyx right now. Like, yeah, I'm just really digging that. I will say <laughs> some of the other guests at Onyx, I love Onyx so much. I feel like yeah. they're my go-to. They do four ounce bags as well from right. any of their roasts. Yeah. Which is great because I can buy a four ounce bag. That's enough for two people to have some and then a little bit extra. Um, and they usually are only like 10 bucks, mm. but the, you know, the full 10 ounce bag might be like 30 or 56, yeah. the $56. They just won a flavor award, um, for one of their coffees. I think it's 56 for the 10 ounce or, and then, yeah. And then the four is, I want to say 16. Yeah. That sounds right. I feel like I looked at that. Yeah. And it's I tempting. Wanna get, it's to tempting, do that, dude. Cause that's nice that they do that for sure. They offer that. It's... Have you ever visited Onyx? I have. You yeah, have? Yeah. It was like my blowing yeah because you know? i had followed them for a while and their cafes are beautiful they are and yeah my fiance and i took a road trip this was a couple years ago now up to arkansas and of course i had to go there cool man yeah it was awesome i love that place what did y'all do on your road trip um she was seeing an old friend from lsu okay i was taking an audition at an orchestra actually that was like in the same area cool um didn't win but that's okay because i got to go visit onyx so there it was you know, yeah it was a worthwhile road trip um, yeah, so it was a good time did y'all go on any trips in the last year we went to a beach with our family and that was like the biggest trip cool we haven't had any big road trips we we definitely would like to because yeah. we definitely had like a kind of a rhythm of road trips in the first year that we were dating yeah. and now we haven't been able to we've spent a lot more time together which has been good, that is good. Um, but no no exciting trips so hopefully that comes back because I miss visiting places and especially like places where you know there's going to be a coffee shop like mm-hmm. Onyx like just driving to places yeah. now now the biggest trip I do is drive to Dallas and go to Wayward <laughs> which, which is, is like an hour just for coffee so yeah. I feel like that's kind of a trip but it is totally yeah it's worth it it's hilarious I feel like any other major uh, like so my family's up in Tulsa Oklahoma okay and you know here if you live in Denton driving to Dallas good hour if you live up in Tulsa an hour long trip you're like bro where are you going yeah <laughs> but in DFW it's like you know an hour is pretty common for right. driving anywhere yeah yeah so talking about some road trips that you've taken in the past, have you ever gone somewhere like a coffee road trip specifically? No. No. Okay. I mean, besides in the area, yeah. but nothing more than an hour. Okay. Because I wouldn't count Arkansas because yeah. it wasn't just for Onyx. Okay. I mean, kind of, but no. I think that would be a blast and just like, yeah. I mean, of course there's so many shops in every single state, but yeah. to do just like a, you know, I don't know, like an East Coast coffee tour, or like a West Coast coffee tour or something. We're thinking, well, we're getting married in August. Okay. Congratulations. So, thank dude. you. I was yeah. going to ask you. Um, so fingers crossed, like it can happen and yeah. all that good stuff. Um, but we're thinking of well, where can we travel? I'm not going to be international, but mm-hmm. we'd like to do like a city we've never visited. Yeah. And what I equate with that is what, where's the good coffee shops. Mm-hmm. So like there's some places that I haven't been that are on, on the list. So like Colorado Springs and yeah. like, or Colorado in general, there's a lot of good places. Um, yeah. never been to Pacific Northwest. So like okay. Seattle or Portland would be awesome. So yeah. I feel like some, one of those is going to win out. Okay. And so we'll be doing a lot of coffee tour for sure. I can say they've been mentioned quite a few times on here. Loyal in Colorado Springs. It's yeah. fantastic. Got to go there before a killer's concert, which was a lot of fun. Nice. And then I lived in Seattle when I was much younger. Oh, man. You're just making me jealous. Well, okay. So like eighth grade me wasn't yeah, really oh, yeah. vibing with the coffee culture up in the Pacific Northwest. But my wife and I went back and visited and noticed just so many different things that we hadn't before. I would love to go to Portland, dude. So many cool places. So many. I mean, 
I just wouldn't even know where to start. I wouldn't. But either, it would be, dude. I wouldn't want to leave. That's, That's also, the problem. We're also thinking this trip needs to be like three or four days. Yeah, totally. Because uh, we're getting married before I start school again in August, so that would be hard to fit yeah. so many places. Um, we would end up going to like three or four shops in a day, and I would just yeah, just die. Of <laughs> that happened a couple of weeks ago. I went down to Austin, okay. and I had just for a day, and I had all these shops because I never actually got to go down there and hang mm. out. And so I had all these shops and my friend and I went to, I think, four spots, four or five. And How I ended up your... just not even finishing half the stuff because yeah. I was like, I'm going to never sleep, right. but I want to taste all this. So <laughs> it was cool. How was your energy level at the end of the day? Was your hardness like, like 10 p.m. racing? It wasn't too bad. That's good. It wasn't too bad. I think if I had finished it, for sure. Yeah. So you've been pursuing music for a long time. In, yeah. a, uh, in an educational perspective, yeah. when did music start for you? Like when was trombone, like did you pick up the trombone in like sixth grade and that was kind of it? Yeah. No way. Yeah, I picked wow. it up in fourth grade. Okay. Which is kind of early compared to a lot of people yeah. that I found out a lot of school districts start in either fifth grade or sixth grade. So okay. I should be better than everyone because I have a year <laughs> on them, but that's not the case so far. Um, but yeah, and I think I knew mm-hmm. I wanted to pursue it seventh or eighth grade, which is cool, very man. early. It is. Um, but it just was like the thing that I cared the most about and was the best at. And, okay. you know, I had a really good private teacher and I just kind of looked up to him and was kind of like, yeah, I could do what he does at least. Mm-hmm. Like, it, <laughs> and the, at least I could just t- teach a bunch of kids and that yeah. sounds awesome. Like, if that's the his job is, I couldn't believe that. I would just right. spend, I was like a high school kid and I would, you know, sit down with a calculator and try to figure out like, does this guy make a livable <laughs> salary teaching all of these kids? Yeah. And, and I, somewhere my math was so wrong because I was like, mom, I think he makes like a hundred thousand a year. Like if he's <laughs> teaching like 50 kids and she was just like, you don't know anything, <laughs> but, but like, this sounds great. But I'm yeah. Yeah. I'm like, man, where, where is that? Yeah. Um, but it's always been, yeah, something from an early age that I was passionate about wanting to pursue. And yeah. l- luckily I had a supportive family. My mom pursued music for cool. a little bit in college before she changed her major. So it's always been a big part of the family. That's cool. Man. Yeah. Is there a particular piece that you enjoy playing the most that I might no, I feel like the easier question would be like, "What do you know?" Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. That might be the easier question, man. <laughs> I don't know. If you're a classical Gosh, music fan. It's not as vast as I would like for it to be, and I feel like most of it centers around okay. pianists. Oh, okay. Brian Crane is probably the most modern. Oh, I don't know. Pianist. You know what? I will say that you hopefully know. Okay. Is the Nutcracker? Oh yeah. Okay. okay. So well, I feel like go. everyone knows that because yeah. they like got you know dragged to it by their parents yeah. at some point at Christmas, but I could play that all the time. Cool, man. Yeah, I've gotten to play that a few a few times when I was in Baton Rouge with their orchestra there and they yeah. do it with a ballet company and even that is just four shows, I think, each winter that they would do. Um, but there are other ballet companies that you end up doing like 50 or mm-hmm. so Nutcrackers from like yeah. Thanksgiving to January and I'm like, <laughs> I sign me up for that. Yeah. Like, I, I love doing that. So My family actually went and saw so Christmas... 2019, how okay. it been when it was. Yeah. We went and saw the Russian ballet. Okay. I think is what it was. I yeah. feel like, like they, on tour. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they, they're intense, dude. Yeah. They're not messing around. Those are some of the most talented dancers I've ever seen. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Cause there are some of those numbers that require just like crazy acrobatics. So I can only imagine crazy. I hadn't seen the nutcracker since I was in like fourth grade. Yeah. And so there's this like very Disney fied version of the nutcracker in my head. Mm hmm even though I don't think I've ever seen an animated version of that. So going to see it live was uh, definitely different than what I remembered it being. That's cool. Yeah. The yeah. rat scene is yeah. terrifying. It is. It's creepy. <laughs> I remember being creeped out as a kid by that, even yeah. though like watching a video version. Yeah, man. Yeah. I miss live performance though. Like that we're talking about this. It's, yeah. It's been a year yeah, man. without that for sure. What has that been like? Because you can't, I mean, I guess you could do, you could do doctoral work mm-hmm. one-on-one with somebody if you had to. How, yeah. How has that played into School it? hasn't been too different okay. in, in terms of schoolwork. A lot of our schoolwork, either classroom, yeah, is online now. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're still getting to meet with our individual professors one-on-one, which okay. is good. And now we've started, we've pl- been playing a lot more. So there's been a lot of research and a lot of stuff so that people can do it safely. So, yeah. you know, as normally if we're in an orchestra and you're sitting, you know, your chairs are almost touching mm-hmm. and you've got almost 100, 110 people on stage. Yeah. And now we're probably playing somewhere in the realms of like 20 or 
or fewer people mm. on stage spaced nine feet apart. Yeah. You know, you're, you've got like a mask on when you're not playing. You've got masks that you can play while you're wearing oh, even wow. with like special holes to mm. like go through like your mouthpiece and all that, which is not fun. Yeah. It's, it's hard. It's hard to be grateful to play when you're playing with like fabric around your face. For sure. Like this is better than nothing. Yeah. For absolutely. sure. So they've done the best that they can yeah. in, in this time for sure. So. I miss live shows. I just, yeah. I mean, I miss live music in general. I was talking yeah. about that with a friend a couple of days ago. I think this will make people appreciate it more. I think I, so. I hope man. so, at least. Yeah. I think, I think at least with classical music, like they need it. They mm-hmm. need to figure out, take this time to figure out something to do differently or yeah. how to capture audiences again so they're not struggling. But I, I hope that it kind of reinvigorates that sense for seeing live music because yeah. a lot of the stuff we've had to do as musicians in the last I guess it's been almost a year now which mm-hmm. is pretty wild crazy um, yeah I played a concert right before everything shut down and that seems so long ago yeah I, I got to play with the Fort Worth Symphony oh, cool, that was like dude. the best thing probably I've done <laughs> in that's my awesome. career I mean to this point and it's wild that that's like the last orchestral performance I've done yeah. but it was March fifth and sixth or something like that and people were kind of talking about it but like Mm -hmm. we still had a concert as normal and then week after that everything shut down so it's been a year without that which has been interesting and we've had to do a lot of recording things and Mm -hmm. i think which is also good a lot of classical musicians have been so behind the game on knowing things about microphones and audio recording and multi-tracking and now everyone's kind of becoming a pro (laughs) so it's like oversaturated and you're kind of like if i see one more (laughs) multi-tracked video of you playing something yeah you know so then it's kind of its own other issue but it's definitely taught a lot of people good skills and now I finally have a good microphone and mm. if I need to record myself, I feel like, yeah, I could do a pretty good job. Yeah. So it's been a nice thing to have to learn, to be forced to learn mm. that I should have done earlier. Are there yeah. any other instruments? I mean, I don't want to put multi-tracking okay. on you, but are there any other instruments that you've picked up? Um, not really. Yeah. Um, because I'm teaching at UNT and I teach brass in general for his okay. classes. So I've had to learn trumpet, French horn, tuba euphonium yeah. to a certain level. Okay. And like some of them I had played before. Um, so I just have to stay a little bit ahead of the people I'm teaching are music majors, but they don't play those instruments. Mm. So they're trying their music education. They're going to be band directors. They need to learn all these gotcha. instruments. So I teach them that. And enough of what I know from trombone overlaps to all yeah. the brass. But I've had to learn and French horn is not easy. And <laughs> I really hope that I don't have to teach that yeah. at my first college gig because it's not it's not been fun to like mm. start the day on that and then go to my actual instrument. But yeah. I would never multi-track with those instruments now. That's where <laughs> what you're asking now. Only no. only trombone. No. Yeah. Nice man. Yeah. Who is your favorite composer? Oh, that's tough. Or one of a couple, because I feel like I've learned that favorites are hard to narrow down. I mean, my favorite, I'll give you like three, I guess. I would say Gustav Mahler is like my favorite. He wrote a lot of good symphonies that are just, have a lot of good brass in it. So if if we're talking about within the orchestra, it would would be him, probably Tchaikovsky, like we're talking about the Nutcracker, Mm -hmm. but then all of his other stuff is just also just as good. It also like even his symphonies feel like ballets. So, um, and then I guess I'd go with probably Shostakovich or like Stravinsky to like Russian composers. But yeah, probably something like, something like that. That's cool, man. Yeah. I think it's hard to like talk about music because I'm either going to like talk about classical music and like one person on this will know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Or I listen to so much just like, trash top 40 pop and like stuff like that. <laughs> and I'm like, man, I feel like I should be more like well-versed, which I do try to listen to everything. But like, you know, I'll listen to people talk about like Fleet Foxes and mm-hmm. like all like more indie bands and stuff. And I'm like, yeah. I should get into that probably and fill the gap in there. <laughs> I'm like There's in the 1800s to to. and 2020 and yeah. I need to like round it out. <laughs> well, you picked uh, the Star Wars mug of the two. Oh yeah. For how's, sure. how's John Williams sit in your composer's oh, list? He, oh, he's up there. Yeah. The thing that John Williams is cool is that he, 
he knows all the classical composers and studied them. Yep. And you can like find different movie scores where you hear things. And then there, I'm sure there are so many YouTube videos like this where then they play what piece he kind of stole mm-hmm. it from. Yeah. And it almost like, you know, something that you'd hear at just like an orchestra concert by a classical composer who's long dead. And John Williams took that and put mm-hmm. it in the score. And so, but he wrote great music. I yeah. mean, it's awesome to listen to yeah. even without the movie. I've played a concert before that was just John Williams, you know, hits. So oh, you're no just way. you're just playing like Star Wars and you know Indiana Jones and all these different things and I mean, cool. those are like the most popular concerts I yeah. think for audiences if they can come either see a lot of work shows are doing the score with the movie on I the screen. I want to go to that dude. Yeah. so bad. So that's really cool. Or just go see like the hits yeah. and all that stuff. So no, John Williams up there. Yeah, man. Yeah. Are you a fan of Star Wars? I am. You are. I'm not a huge like Star Wars nerd and buff. Like I don't know that much. Yeah. I'm behind on the Mandalorian. Haven't seen season two. Okay. Um, which I need to do. It's a good one, man. Yeah. I was watching something, you know, about all the different things that, you know, people try to juggle between school and their second, you know, side hustle or their gig or whatever. And then we also have a, you know, a world that needs social media interaction for businesses to succeed and all sorts of stuff like that. And so these guys are like, yeah, I mean, I'd love to catch up on Mandalorian or finally watch Breaking Bad or whatever it is, but I just yeah. don't have 45 minutes to contribute to an episode. True. Do you figure or do you find that um, time is difficult to come by in your schedule? It is now. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. With, with school and business going on, it's definitely hard. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how I could binge a Netflix show <laughs> or I could, but then I would be sacrificing of a course. lot of work on the side yeah. for, for sure. Um, so I miss that. It'll come summer, summer break, you know, will be a big, big right. change. So I'll catch up on that for sure. It's a, it's a good season, dude. Yeah. I've seen, it was so hard to, you know, see different things and people post mm-hmm. stuff about like the finale and all this. Uh, I'm like, I'm dying. Did you see something about the finale? I hope you didn't. Nothing, no, nothing okay. that gave anything away. That's just good. people were very respectful with their statuses and yeah. stuff and like posting just that their mind was blown, but yeah, kept man. it at that. So I was like, okay, thank you. Yeah. Um, but I, I need to watch it before it's, before I've passed the point where people can give me spoilers and they mm-hmm. shouldn't feel bad. So it's a, yeah. uh, I grew up watching it. Dude. I mean, it was a big part of my childhood. So this season yeah. was a, a great season. Okay. I'll just leave it at that. Awesome. Cause I don't want to spoil it too much for That's you. Totally. Okay. So, uh, you got everything going on with school, everything with propagation. What, uh, what do you think is next for you creatively? What's next for propagation is the events kind of thing, like getting booked for weddings and stuff like that. I, I hope that that picks up. Yeah. yeah. And I would love to do more within the community, like the pop-ups built, build more, I guess, relationship with other mm-hmm. companies or businesses that we can be in. Um, it's hard. I've only lived here for a year and a half because of school. Mm-hmm. So I don't know too many local people where I'd feel like, can can we come and set up in your business, you yeah. know, for free and <laughs> serve coffee, which maybe they'd be cool with, but it feels weird to ask. Um, yeah. So hopefully we'll have like more spots that we can go. I would love to do more events, maybe like just build a coffee community. It's something I've talked to um, Trevin from Wayward about mm. is like, man, I miss latte art throwdowns. Yeah. Like I'm dying for one, you know, <laughs> like those, those are the things that made me fall in love with the coffee community yeah. was going to like different latte art throwdowns and stuff. And you just have a good time. Have you, you competed know? in one? I'm yeah. 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 It was, it was really funny. I worked, so I worked in coffee in Rochester, New York, mm-hmm. hadn't touched a espresso machine or like a latte or pitcher and I think like nine months or something. Oh, and then there was a latte or throwdown in New Orleans. Okay. And I was like, Oh, I'll go down. My sister was <laughs> living there at this, at that time. I was like, that sounds fun. Like I don't know anyone. So it's going to be kind of weird and not the same, but I'll do it and compete. And then I ended up getting second. And nice, there's all dude. these people that are like, who is this guy? Like, yeah. where does he work? Nowhere. What? <laughs> and then that happened two more times. Like I got second at two more other latte or throwdowns cool, and then eventually started working coffee again. But it was kind of funny that people are like, where does this guy work? Yeah. Uh, he, He's just chilling he, in his kitchen he, at home. He plays trombone. What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, I miss those though. Cause now it's been, it's been a while. So I hope to like, do more stuff like that when yeah. it's safe to figure out a way to do that. Cause I feel like we're so spread out. Like we were talking mm-hmm. about with DFW, Denton, yeah. Fort Worth, Dallas. And if there's a way we can do some events 
like in each city and kind of bring the coffee community together. Yeah. That'd be really cool. So that I would love cool. to like play some kind of hand in that. Yeah, if we can get something going, I feel like there there is or was a North Texas like barista guild, but I feel like it's been inactive for a, a minute. Yeah, <laughs> so I wish I knew. Bring I that back. Yeah, yeah, I found the page on Instagram, but it looked like nothing had been mm. up in like a couple of years. So something like that would be awesome. That'd I be think cool, for man. propagation we're not, since we're not going to have a storefront, you know, figuring out how can we still serve the community and still be a part of like coffee culture. Yeah. It's something that I'm thinking about a lot and haven't, haven't nailed down an answer, but I, I know there's going to be avenues for that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, as we come out of last year and step into this year, you were kind of talking about how last year is a good time to assess everything that we're doing, how yeah. we can do things differently and whatnot. And I think DFW coffee culture is great and it's here but it's such a social thing mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to safely in the right time re-engage with all of the people in the community to kind of bolster it up a little bit even more yeah that would be a really cool thing to attach yourself to yeah i think people miss that a lot yeah. as much as i miss it from the barista aspect i think even customers miss mm -hmm. that too and i know texas is different from other places yeah. so or even depends on the city mm -hmm. i was down in austin not a single shop could i sit in everything oh, was like to go and get out yeah even one customer come in at a time sometimes mm -hmm. some places so which you know they're being safe so yeah i totally respect that but it makes you miss that whole it experience. Does. You know, I was so excited to go to these places and then you got to spend 30 seconds in there mm -hmm. and it just leaves you feeling a little empty and you're yeah. like, all right, well, I better take a picture of this or remember it at least or something <laughs> and say I was here. Um, so I think, yeah, people are definitely missing that kind of yeah. experience um, of sharing coffee with each other, whether yeah. it's inside or was that part of the business for you? Finding yourself kind of missing oh, yeah. that community engagement big, as well? Big time. Yeah. Because I, I would be happy to just be a home barista. Yeah. You know, I think each time I left coffee, I was missing that community a lot because it's just, it's its own unique kind of culture. Mm -hmm. And I was really lucky to get into a good place the first job I worked. Um, and then once I didn't have that anymore, I definitely wanted to find it. And yeah. I've worked in great places. So it's not that I've needed to start my own business to like have the thing that I was missing. Mm -hmm. But that definitely is kind of why I felt like I wanted to get back into coffee and yeah. start the business was that, you know, I was missing that interaction, that mm -hmm. connection with people that coffee is so good at bringing out. Yeah. Um, so otherwise I would just be, you know, living the dream at home with my espresso machine, but yeah. I need an excuse to buy it. So <laughs> no, I, uh, the, the running joke is that, you know, so I've, I was in coffee for nine years and then like in coffee as in like behind the bar. Mm -hmm. Um, and I did stuff media wise for some coffee companies, but the running joke is that I started the podcast to just like sit down and have coffee with people. I mean, that's, that's pretty great. I mean, I don't blame you. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot better than me saying I started a business to buy an espresso machine for myself. Hey, but, man. Because I, I mean, joke I had, about that. I have to buy, I mean, I buy, I get to buy coffee bags for every guest that yeah. comes on the show and get to try different ones. I miss it, dude. I, you know, there was something different about the coffee industry compared to anywhere else that I've worked that really just has so much social interaction baked into yeah. it and so much like vulnerable social interaction, oh, yeah. I feel like. I had plenty of people that were regulars that, you know, developed friendships with that had conversations. It's, I mean, it's, I'm sure it's similar to being a bartender in some yeah. respects. Like you get deep conversations with people. I found like that's the other industry that's the most similar to baristas yeah. is especially in my first job, we would get a lot of local bartenders mm -hmm. to come in. You know, they're waking up and after closing at 4 a.m. Yeah. and they're stumbling <laughs> at like 11 a.m. looking <laughs> terrible. But, you know, you're getting to be that first part of their day and totally. then you get off shift and then you go visit them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like the baristas and the bartenders definitely all knew each other in the town, which was really yeah. cool. Um, but yeah, I definitely was a bigger introvert before coffee. And Same I feel here. like coffee is really good at kind of bringing that out of you and yeah. like, kind of forces you to. It does. At least like where I worked, you know, and customer service is such a big thing that they stress mm -hmm. because if you don't have great customer service, no one cares how good your coffee totally. is, you know? So that should be the thing that people are remembering. So, you know, people walk in the door, we want to greet them right away and all mm -hmm. that stuff. And it just, 
over time becomes more natural. And yeah. so I think that helps is develop that kind of, you know, you can remain an introvert, but you, I think you need some <laughs> people skills and to become an extrovert to survive at yeah. least in this business if you want to serve people. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree, man. I was definitely a big introvert before my dad came home one day and was like, Hey, the uh, assistant manager at the Starbucks down the road said they were hiring. So I put your name in for you. I was like, all right, thanks, dad. Dad. thanks dad. And, uh, Dude, I mean, started, kicked off. I had 16. I mean, you don't really, I didn't know what I wanted to do at all, but um, I was with it for, I was with them for nine years. It was a a good time, which is different than the craft coffee industry. You know, Starbucks is kind of the, uh, I don't know, I don't want anybody to get too mad at me, but whatever. Starbucks is kind of like the McDonald's of- We're no creamer, so we can't sugarcoat it. That's right. (laughs) There you go. It's a numbers thing, right? Yeah. Like it's how many people can you put through the drive-thru. When I started, man, it was even a little bit different. You had coffee passports. You were doing like coffee tastings and pairings with customers. And slowly but surely I got into like the 2010, 2011, new drinks were coming in, new pastries and sandwiches and all that stuff. And Starbucks just kind of became this like coffee branded identity business. But all of the social interaction customer focused stuff that felt very intentional wasn't gone. Mm. And I mean, I don't know if they would say that now, um, but yeah, dude, I, it was a great company to work for, for the benefits, but the coffee part of it kind of fell away the longer that I was there. Yeah. So, you know, started doing stuff with friends that had craft coffee businesses and that kind of brought the enjoyment of it back in. That's interesting. Cause I, probably was nine to Starbucks at that time, but to hear you say that it kind of shifted yeah. from, so it was like you feel like it was customer focused when you got in and kind of shifted away. Yeah. So 2007 was when I started. Okay. Um, yeah. And yeah, it was very much like when I was hired, we were handed this book. Um, it was like a coffee pairing guidebook and a big part of your shift and focus at the time was to come in if it's slow and your job's been done go brew some coffee, grab a pastry, then go go with the coffee and go sample it out to the customers in the cafe and chat with them about the coffee. Yeah. Dude, I don't even know if that's part of the thing anymore for them. They'd be like, what are you talking about? Totally. It'd be like, (laughs) why would I do that? What's the drive through time? Why are we not, you know, restocking more sandwiches and whatever. Yeah. Very different experience over the course of almost a decade with them. And so, you know, I go into shops that I enjoy being in and it makes me miss those times when I started because it was very much about the coffee still. And, uh, yeah, man, I mean, I enjoy what I do now for sure. Yeah. But I missed coffee enough to start a podcast about it. It's like you had to get back in <laughs> yeah. in some way or another. Yeah. You can't survive without it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, I'm very excited for uh, the future of propagation Thanks, man. for y'all. I think it'd be yeah. really cool to start seeing y'all do events and, you know, getting plugged into more of the stuff in the yeah. Denton community. It was funny listening to your episode with, um, the other Austin oh, yeah. because we had been getting some requests about events that mm. we couldn't do. We just happened to have conflicts, which always hurt because they were, we were finally getting yeah. asked and we were like, Oh, but you guys should go ask the coffee creative. Mm. And I listened to his episode and he was saying how he's not doing that anymore. <laughs> and I was like, Oh man, I wonder how many times he's gotten bugged because yeah. of us referring. <laughs> I've never met him, but I, you know, it's I, when I was That's researching cool. stuff, you know, I found his page and he seemed like an awesome dude. So yeah. That's he's really cool, funny man. that <laughs> I, sent people to him and then he was probably like, sorry. Yeah, he's like, uh, we don't do that. He might've had a referral out. Okay. My other friend's coffee experience. I don't know if they do okay. mobile events anymore, but okay. they were the coffee experience. I guess we get we got in at a good time then. I think <laughs> so, man. Quitting. There's one other dang dude. I can't remember the name of the other one that I know, but yeah, I think y'all got in a good time. I don't know any other ones in Denton. Okay. And, you know, we're stepping in out of a year where people are kind of reassessing what their business model and goal was. Yeah. I think there's going to be plenty of space and plenty of weddings, hopefully, because everybody's, fingers, you know, crossed. fingers crossed, everybody's stoked to, you know, have postponed and, you know, it'll be cool to see y'all jump into that yeah. space. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. So cool. you're uh, finishing up your, your school next yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any um, aspirations for intermixing music and coffee? Hmm. I, I, I would love to. I've yeah. thought about that. If I had a store, it'd be a lot easier. Like okay. if I had a shop, I would definitely have musicians like, in there like all the time. That'd be sweet. I dude. think, you know, yeah. rather than you go in and you hear some stuff over the speaker, like right. you just have like a string quartet or like a pianist just like chilling in the corner. And, I don't know if I've stuff. ever been to a shop where there's been classical music. Yeah. Roots over in uh, 
oh man, by TCC, they have like a little small stage. And I've seen musicians okay. in there before, but I think, you know, the classical music pairs really well with the coffee house environment. Right. That'd be awesome. You don't want to see some like hard metal at <laughs> seven thirty when you're just trying right. to wake up. Totally. You know? So maybe that's at like the end of the shift. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, your, would be, uh, that would be cool though. I would love to do that. And maybe even I could do that with the mobile stuff. You that know? would be cool, man. Find a space to do both and kind of like serve, but also kind of put on a concert somewhere. Yeah. 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 That'd be awesome, man. I mean, I feel like the environment that that creates together yeah. is really natural. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, uh, what's your opinion on lo-fi? Like lo-fi hip hop jazz, the combination of those. Have you? I know, no. but I guess it's great. Well, stuff, I've heard dude. it, but I mean, that sounds great to me. So it's like know. you take like classical music and kind of like some, um, lo-fi beats and yeah. kind of like intermix them together. Yeah, yeah. It's really fun, man. I'm all, I'm all good with that. Yeah. Like as much as I'm, I feel like classical music gets a better rap, you know, being like pretentious and stuff, <laughs> but probably so does specialty coffee. I but think like, yeah. you know, they both can, they both can be, but it's up to the person, right? Exactly. Yeah. So no, that sounds awesome. Yeah. I think that'd be cool to, to see how trombone would play into that. It's usually like piano and violin. Okay. Yeah. There's some cool stuff with trombone now using okay. like guitar pedals and stuff where no you can way. just do like a lot by yourself and just do like loops with a loop station. That's cool. Um, yeah. So I want to program some stuff for that. Soon That'd be awesome. Man. That's really cool. Very yeah. cool. Well, you listen to some of the episodes, so you're slightly oh, yeah. prepared. You would think. <laughs> <laughs> you would think. I know it's coming yeah. and I still have no idea. <laughs> Perfect. The closing segment of the show, it's called Name That Drink. Yeah who's your favorite character across whatever medium, if it's books yeah. that you enjoy or TV shows or movies? You've had so many good ones. So it's hard. Um, I laughed when back to back, I got Michael Scott yeah, two episodes. You've had a lot. Uh, it feels like even more, but okay. Yeah. Well, I have another one that I recorded. They answered Michael Scott as well. Unbelievable. All right. So Michael, no, I'm not using Michael. <laughs> I should just use like Jim. Do you know the show, the West Wing? Uh, not well enough. No. Okay. So again, this will go out to like one person. Okay. Listens. But I would have to pick a character off of there. Okay. Uh, Josh Lyman. Okay. like deputy chief of staff. But okay. Just uh, like brilliant wit, but also just also like too smart for his own good kind of and all over the place. Wow. Um, but I love that show. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd probably pick that. And I feel like pairing with what he, what he would get would be like a red eye, you know, like a trip, but then <laughs> yeah. put like a double shot in it or something. Cause the people on that show, they're working in the white house as yeah. the premise and they just like never sleep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're working there until like midnight and then they're back six mm. hours later and he's just off the walls. Yeah. So right, that would make sense for sure. Something like that. Have you visited DC? Yeah. So yeah. that's actually where my fiance is from. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't had any coffee there, but I did have some gelato. Ooh. in DC. I got lost, dude. Okay. Was yeah. walking around, got totally lost. The big city. <laughs> I mean, it's a big city. Were you, were you in DC or were you like Georgetown area? Oh, I wish I could you, remember, man. Yeah, it was like, I went to the college around there and there was like a day trip thing that we would do. And so went up and it was like, Hey, you know, go off and do your thing. Meet back here by 6 PM or whatever it was. And, um, went off, went to a couple museums, went and got some gelato. Yeah. Nice. It's a good day. Could not. It was great. Yeah. It was a blast of a day until it was like 5.30 and we were like, yo, where, like, we forgot to map the, uh, we forgot to put it like a marker on our phones for where to get to. One other person's phone was dead. It was, uh, it was fun trying. It was like, you know, it would have yeah. made a good movie scene. Yeah. Like trying to get our way through DC. I couldn't do it either. Yeah. So I've only gone in with my fiance and she knows, she knows where, all where to go. And she's been to all the museums a hundred times. So. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it has been a blast having you on the show. It's a, been an honor. It's yeah. been a really good time. It's been great talking to you. Uh, where can people find either yourself or propagation on Instagram? You can find me at a rich six two one. Okay, that's my personal, and then propagation coffee at propagation coffee um, or propagation coffee co.com okay. our website. If you want to check that out and there's like a little form, if you want to email us anything. Cool. Yeah. So y'all go and book them for uh, yeah, whatever events you got going on. Yeah. Nice. Whether it's this year, next year. Yeah, man. Anytime. Yeah, anytime. We'll, we'll, we'll try to be there. There you go. Yeah. As always, no coffee was harmed in the making of this episode because this is No, no Creamer. creamer.